listening to Connection Church's podcast. Well, good morning. Everybody doing good? All right, good deal. Hey, want to start off this morning, want to celebrate two salvations we had last week. Uh, yeah, give the Lord praise. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Uh, one of them was at our new 6 o'clock service on, at 6 p.m. on Sunday evenings. Uh, first time guest. Lord touched her heart. She came to know Christ. Angels are singing in heaven. That's what we're talking about. That's what our mission here is at Connection. We want to reach 10,000 people by the year 2023. That's, what, that's the vision God's laid on our hearts. Also through our serving and our generosity. Um, if, you, uh, if you didn't have a chance to fill out your uh, little tear-off portion, uh, any first-time guests, we'd like for you to do so. Uh, if you didn't have a chance, hey, fill it out during the service. Bring it back to the next steps table. Find anyone that's wearing a blue shirt or an orange shirt or anybody. Just give it to somebody and say, give it to somebody. We'll get it. We'll get it. Um, want to encourage you. If you feel that Connection is your church home, we want to get you involved. We want you to just uh, receive the blessing of serving, the blessing of, uh, of giving, and just, uh, there's just a lot of things we got going on. Uh, we, need, uh, we need help. We, we need service uh, to fulfill this call that God has for us. In Connection Kids, the prayer team, in production, um, the create, in creative services, and, and also in our guest services. We want to be sure that each Sunday, y'all, that no one comes through this door and leaves without us sharing them the love of Christ. That's what it's about. That's what's on my heart. That's, that's why I'm up here today. God called me to, to ministry when I, when I was a teenager and I ran from it for 26 years. I'll be preaching about some of those reasons that maybe not only the reason I run from evangelism, but, but maybe you do too. And uh, we're just, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you know, I have uh, ADD. I, uh, a lot of times when, when I read, I'll read the same line over and over again. Y'all, it doesn't take me but just a minute to get lost. If I try to read every detail into something when I first do it, I just, my mind blows up. I have to, I have to read, I have to ask the Holy Spirit to give me the main point, and then from there, dwindle, that wouldn't be a good, dwindle the spirit, that wouldn't be a good word, but anyway, I have to, you know, kind of look at the, what's under the, the, the major point that, that he wants that he wants us to hear, that he wants to teach us. And uh, so, didn't know that when I was in grade school, I faked it, uh, I fought it, um, fought it up until, until after college, after after I got out of college. And uh, anyway, I, I, I shared that with Brandon last week. It's, it's something that, uh, that, that, that I've, you know, struggle with and still do. But I know God's gonna get me through it. So bear with me if I get hung up a little bit this morning. Um, like I say, we're, uh, we're concluding our series this morning on every person has a purpose. But you know what? We're never gonna conclude that series. This is gonna be ongoing because every person does have a purpose. We have a person and our identity is found in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. Um, let me just tell you, last week or, or a few weeks ago at the six o'clock service, Brandon was preaching, and, and he was preaching on what I've tagged as the I'll throw a golf ball a country mile sermon. If y'all are here, you know what I'm talking about. 
And uh, my son Liam, he's uh, nine years old. He, he, was, he was in that service. And, uh, and he was struggling. I mean, Brandon wasn't struggling. My, my son was struggling. He was struggling to sit still. After the service, you know, I, I said, Liam, buddy, I said, uh, look like me, you had a little hard time sitting still, you know, this evening, didn't you? He said, yep, daddy, and listening ain't easy either. Excuse me, just, that's from Brandon. He said, Bo, you and Liam meet me in my office after the service. Anyway, sorry about that. We, we, we get back to it. But um, listening is hard. It's not only hard for a nine-year-old. It's hard for me. It's hard for, it's hard for a lot of us, especially when we are challenged to examine our hearts, submit to what God wants us to do, and then become obedient to it. I just, I pray that this morning, as you, as you come here, that, that you ask God to challenge your heart today. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to say, God, you know, what is it that I need to repent of today? God, what is it that I need to do? God, maybe today is the day that I need to come to know you. Maybe it's that time. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll get into his word. We're just gonna see where the Holy Spirit takes. We're gonna see where the Holy Spirit takes us today. Dear Heavenly Father, just uh, I thank you for this day, dear Lord. I'm, I'm, dear Lord, I'm excited. I'm excited because you are an awesome God, dear Lord, and that's, that's what's to be excited about. Dear Lord, I just ask you this morning that you would just uh, reveal to us, dear Lord, that what you want to say to us through the scripture, dear Lord, just uh, use it to change our hearts, dear Lord. Use it to show us the truth, dear Lord. Use it to embed it in our lives. Dear Lord, you have just been so gracious, so merciful. And we thank you for that this morning. Dear Lord, just... Let us not be just another church on the corner, dear God. Let us be a church that is a cornerstone for you, built on your truth, dear Lord. Use us in any way that you see fit, Father. Once again, thank you. Thank you for Jesus just dying on the cross to, to pay for all, all our sins, dear Lord. We thank you in his name. Amen. Our text this morning is, uh, is in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll, it'll come up on the screen. And uh, I have my Bible. I may pick it up and try to read it, but I got the Word on my sheet of paper. And the reason I do that, because my eyes are getting worse. And uh, I brought an extra pair of glasses. That looked good, didn't it? Got glasses on here and up there. But uh, anyway... Um, if these fall off, I got an extra pair. Always, always be prepared when you evangelize them, right? Okay, all right, let's go with it. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, 
endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Me being the type of person I am, looking at what that scripture's saying, one of the things that, and there's a bunch of stuff that jumps out at me, but the one thing that really jumps out to me is that we are to do the work of an evangelist. This is a letter that was written by Paul. If you don't know who Paul was, Paul, formerly Saul, thought he knew it all and uh, tried to kill us all, but God came to him uh, on, on, the, on the Damascus Road and uh, though he it, though it blinded his sight, he opened his heart and he became one of the great apostles. Uh, wrote wrote uh, much of the New Testament and Timothy, the one that he's speaking to here. Timothy was an understudying understudy under him and uh, did on to do, do great, great work for the Lord. So this is Paul, he's talking to Timothy. Timothy is, uh, uh, I mean, Paul is in prison and uh, he's imprisoned in, in, in Rome. He's writing this, this is, this is some of the last, last words that, that, that we hear from Paul before he was, by tradition says, was beheaded outside of Rome. So usually when someone knows that they, they fit in the check out of this world, what they have to say is generally important. So I believe this is important. Plus he's calling this a charge. A charge is a command. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a directive. And uh, you know that would probably be good enough, but he's charging it what? He's charging it in the presence of or in front of God and Jesus Christ. So to me, hey, that makes it real important. Anybody disagree? Okay, good. If you do leave. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, um, so in, in this big picture of things, uh, what is the work of an evangelist? Um, the first thing that we see here is that the work of evangelist is to preach the word. What is the word? This is the word. It's, it's, it's God inspired. It's everything in here is about Jesus. It's the truth. It's infallible. It just, there's nothing, nothing can stand up to it. You can try, you can try to argue it all you want, but it's the truth. Always has been, always will be. In John 1, 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Y'all, we are to preach Jesus. All of this, that's what it is. It is, it is Jesus, and he'll give us the power to do so. Now, we just read this. It's giving us a charge, but I know for me in my life, and probably maybe one or two of y'all are probably going to say, well, it's not my responsibility. Well, my question to you is this. Then whose responsibility is it? It is our responsibility. Not that you need any more proof because I believe that God said it, says it one time, that's enough. But he says it over 53 more times throughout the Bible that we are to evangelize. We are to preach the word. The Bible does not say some of us go out and make disciples. It says for all of us to go out and make disciples. Those of us that are saved are a disciple. We are a follower of Christ. If we are a follower of Christ, we are to go and lead people to Jesus. We should be ready in season and out of season, it says. What does be ready mean? That's pretty easy, ain't it? Be ready. There's an urgency here. God is, is wanting us to always be ready. The in season and out of season is, you know, you don't have to memorize every verse and you may not be called to preach in a large group, 
But we are, uh, we are to study and we are to grow daily. That's part of the being ready also. The in season and out of season is when it's being received and when it isn't. Any of you that know that have, have shared Christ before, you've, you've, probably, you've probably run into that. Uh, it says in this text that, you know, people are going to have the itchy ears. They want their ears tickled. They want to they know, you know, what, they want to hear what they want to hear. And they want someone to preach to them what they want to hear. They'll actually go to you and tell you, you know, what they want to hear. But we are to stick to the truth. We are to stick to the truth always. Just basically preach the word in season, out of season, whenever and to whoever, whoever you can. Another excuse that will come up with that I know I've said it, I don't have time. Well, what do you have time for? Let's fill in the blank. How about yesterday? Well, I had a bunch of buddies over, we watching football. Well, that's good, that's cool. Did you, uh, did you share Christ with any of them? Nah, preacher, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we kinda, not just, nah, uh, didn't share it with nobody. We, we was kinda getting drunk. Uh, how about this one, dove season opened yesterday. You went to a dove shoot. Did you share Christ with anybody? Well, no, nah, preacher, didn't. Sure didn't, you know, I would have, but you know my gun kept jamming up and I was cussing it out and kind of stayed right there in the back of the field. I didn't have no license, thought the old, old game warden might show up. So no, I didn't share, I didn't share Jesus with nobody. And ladies, how about y'all? What'd y'all do yesterday? Well, I'm going shopping. Then I'm going to get my hair done and my nails. Well, did you share Jesus with anybody? Uh... No, because we were too busy talking about this, that, and the other, right? Listen, we are all busy, y'all, no doubt about it. Everybody in here, I know they're busy. We have so much that goes on in our lives. This world is thrown at us wide open, 90 miles an hour. Got to carry kids to do this, kids to do that. I got to work. I got to work on the weekend. You know, well, did you... Share Christ with anybody on the weekend while you was working? No, I don't like my boss. But anyway, we, we do. We, we have so much going on in our lives, and, and we are busy. But through this busyness and through all these people that we are coming in contact with, y'all, that's opportunities. And we don't need to miss those opportunities. Y'all, This souls are at stake here, people. Souls are at stake. People's eternities. What if... The one who shared Christ with you, if you're saved, what if they would have been too busy? What if they would have been too busy? It says we are to reprove. That's what the work of evangelist is. Basically, reprove, that's, where, that's when you, you help explain to someone what their sin is, what sin is or what their sin is. And, and we are to do this. And, uh, God's word says that, that we are all sinners. There is none righteous. Then Paul puts a comma and he says, no, not one. That's to keep us from saying, none's righteous except for me. You know? So, and, and we need to remember that. Remember that when we're reproving. We, we need to, as we're explaining it, let people know, hey, I'm a sinner too. 
Y'all, I battle stuff every day. Every day I battle stuff. Share some of those things with people. I also battle cotton mouth. But it ain't from drinking no more, I can tell you that. So, um, to rebuke. Rebuking is when, is when we help someone and, and let them know that, you know, that they're seeing, that, that there's, a, there's a judgment and there's a consequence to our sin. And uh, sin affects us, y'all. It, it affects every one of us. It affects us. It affects others. It generates more sin usually in our lives. And you know what? It's also a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a death sentence to, to eternity. That, that's what it is. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Y'all, we need to make this clear and we need to make it personable to people. Personable, personal to people. We, we really do. We, we have to take, take that chance. The exhorting, what does exhort mean? It's, a, it's being encouragement to a sinner. Exhorting is, it's one of my favorite parts. It's where you, 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 know, you, you preach to them, but preaching, when I say that, I mean by sharing, by witnessing, by preaching, by, by, by whatever means and forms of, of evangelism that you're doing. And the exhorting part is when, is when you get to pray with them. It's when, when you keep preaching to them. Because listen, most people, think about it. They ain't gonna, they're not going to get it the first time. Took me 26 years. I didn't, I didn't get it the first time. I didn't get it the second time. They may not get it the third time. Don't just do it once and, and leave them. Keep on. Keep, keep nudging them. Keep, just keep working with them. It, it means you know, to, to draw, draw near to them. Draw near to them. Just realize what they're going through and, and do that. We are to do it with uh, the next thing is the complete patience and teaching. Y'all, this is very, very important. I know when I think of evangelists when I was younger, that, you know, they, it, it was just, listen here, you need to accept Jesus Christ right now, you damned for hell. That didn't do me much good. Because I could holler just as loud as they could. And, uh, and I was in a spot in my life where, where, where I, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear. As, uh, I know some of y'all know, but I struggled with uh, alcoholism. I struggled with drugs. And, and many other sins in my life. I was a horrible man. It's a horrible man. My man, it, it totally consumed, consumed my life. It uh, almost took my marriage, took my kids away. I mean, and, and it almost cost me my life. And uh, but by God's grace, um, I'm, I'm still here. But there, but there were several people in my life that, even though at the time when a lot of this was going on, they, they were planting seeds in my life. I remember when I was in high school when I was when I was active in church. Um, there, there was a there was a couple, and uh, I don't mind. I almost say there is it Barbara and Legrand Brooks. They they invested a lot of time in us kids. Their home was open every Friday and Saturday night for anybody to come spend time at their house in hopes that we wouldn't go out into mischief and things of that nature. It was just a good Christian home and a good, and a good, place, and a, and a good place to be. And I, when I started drifting from God, when I started running, when, when the insecurities in my life started, started just uh, pouring in on me, 
she had a concern for me. She saw me one day. I got to where I wasn't going over to her house as much. I was starting to do some other things. And uh, she, she saw me. She said, Bo, I, I, I want to tell you something. And I said, yes, Miss Barbara. And she said, uh, Bo, I just, I just want you to know if when you totally decide that you're going to submit to Christ, he's going to use you to do work in his kingdom. Y'all, that was, that was 30 years ago now, maybe more. But that was a word God wanted planted in my heart. And though I ran and though I did all I did, that, that, listen here, when that seed's planted, it, it's there. It's there. I also remember a, a, a probably, let's see, it's um, so several years back, it was, it was towards the, right before everything, I mean, things were already awful before it was just really going to crash in on me. Um, I went to uh, a, a, a friend of mine's uh, son was getting married. And I went to, uh, we went to their, what's that, engagement party thing? Yeah. Before they get married, that's what it's called, engagement party. And we were at a, at a facility that, that the, the windows, you can see through all the windows on the place. And um, so I was there. Now, the, the bride's father, he, he was a guy that for much of his, his life was just like me. And uh, he'd been, he lived on the other end of the county, though. So we really didn't know each other. We, you know, maybe drinking and driving on a dirt road or something late on a Saturday night, we might with pass or something, but, but we never really just, we never didn't know each other. But anyway, the point is, is, is I was there and for some reason that night as, as I was drinking, things just didn't feel right. You know, all my friends were there and all that kind of stuff, but, but things just didn't quite feel right. And I looked outside and, and I saw his name's John Paul. I saw John Paul outside. He, he's become a very, very dear friend of mine now. But he, he was standing outside all, all alone by the fire pit. And, you know, I just walked outside with my beer and, and just being cordial. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, John Paul, man, it's, it's a pretty good party. I said, I'm sure your daughter and, and, uh, and her husband, they're, they're just going to have a great marriage together. John Paul just kind of stood there. He said, Bo, he said, you see everybody in, in that room there? I said, yeah. Windows is clean. That's cool. Yeah, I can see them. He said, Bo, he said, everybody in that room is searching for something. Everybody in that room is searching for something in their life. And he said, I just want to tell you, they ain't going to find it with that beer and that liquor. That's all he said. He didn't say, Bo, you need to quit drinking. But he told me the truth. He told me the truth of God's word. That was a seed That's, that, that was planted in my heart through, through his evangelism, his willing to share the love of Christ with me. Now, it was several years later, but it would just keep popping up. It would just keep popping up. It would just keep popping up. And God wants to use us to exhort people, to, to be an encourager and, and, and a comforter. Um, so we're, we're to do this with complete, complete patience and teaching. I think, did I just do that one? Okay, I didn't? Okay. Because uh, like I said earlier, people don't always get it the first time. And, uh, and if you try to ram Jesus down somebody's throat, they're, uh, y'all, they're just going to spit it right back up on you. They, they, they really are. We, we, we need to be moderate. We don't, I don't mean, that doesn't mean tolerate their sin, but we need to be moderate and realize where they're at, realize where we're at, ask the Holy Spirit to guide us to the truth. Always lead somebody to Christ with the truth. That's the only way. That's the only way. Don't need to make up nothing extra special. 
You know, don't need no extra crispy. It's just good old original Jesus. And, and, and that's, that's, how, that's how it is. And uh, man, where did that one come from? But I, uh, so um, another, uh, another uh, excuse we may hear is, uh, I don't know how to start a conversation about the Lord. And uh, that's right, it, it can be a little edgy, it can be, be a little tough, but just, just remember what he brought you through. And one of the easiest ways that I found is just, just to ask someone, say, hey, w- what do you believe about God? That, that gets them, you'll know quickly whether they believe in him or not. And you'll know, you know where they're at in, in their walk. And, and if they're believing stuff that's sound doctrine, that's fundamentally sound, that is the truth. Or, or if maybe they're believing something that, that, that maybe just isn't right. And uh, so don't, don't, don't be scared to ask. You know, I didn't know how to swim until I jumped off the diving board. You know, like almost drowned a few times, but hey, it, it worked out. Now I can almost do the dog paddle, but we're going to keep, keep working on it. Um, here's, here's another one. The, they may ask me a question I can't answer. Happens to me every day, almost, almost every day. I'm a, not, I, I, know, I know his word, I, I know his truth, but... Uh, but, but I'm a babe, I, I, y'all probably can't tell it, but I'm kind of new at this. And um, we are to, uh, you know, just uh, go ask somebody, hey, come to your pastors. How about your connect group leaders? You know, go to them. We all know someone who's walking a little stronger and a little further than we are. We all, we all need that Paul, we all need a, and we all need a Timothy in our lives. And uh, but hey, let me tell you something. You come here and you're letting us know that somebody's interested in Jesus and they got a question and you can't answer it, we're going to find you an answer. If you ask me, I'm going to send you to Cody. Because he's, man, he's just a smorgasbord of theological truth and love. Man, this young guy, he, he, he really, he, he blows my mind. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to share something real personal with y'all. After I got here a few months, got my, you know, kind of got my, my feet settled in a little bit. Brandon asked me, he said, Bo, I want you to start coming to the sermon prep meetings. You know, I want you to get involved. We, we want to we wanna see how the Spirit's guiding you, stuff like that. And I was like, wow, man, this, this is going to be cool. So I, I started going. We meet once a week. And I get in there, and, and we start going over verses of Scripture. And, you know, and I, I'm the simple guy, and I read it. And they said, well, Bo, what, what, what's God saying to you? Not the sin. All right. When you ask Cody, y'all listen, God has, has, blessed, has blessed that man with he could, man, he, and he just, he does so much studying and so much reading and so much praying and stuff like that. And, and I'm not putting Cody up on a, on a pedestal. I, I'm showing you what God's done in his life. But I got to compare myself to that. I, I got to compare myself to Cody I got to, you know, comparing, comparing myself to Brandon a, a little bit, and, and, and that's what the devil wanted, see? He, he wanted me to start comparing, and he wanted me to, uh, actually, I started, I started coveting the way Cody, Cody does things with his discernment and stuff. And so, it started just gnawing at my heart. And I was out doing 
something that I am good at. I was on the tractor cutting grass. I bought a yellow building. And, and it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was no. It was too much. God, I, I don't want to feel this way. This, this ain't right. I mean, you're giving me an opportunity to be with all these great people. I, I, well, why am I feeling this way? I, I don't want to feel this way. And about that time, Cody came walking around to the yellow building. And uh, we have some future plans of, of, some, of some things that we want to do with the building. And, and Cody's very, very involved in that. And, and he opened the door and he, and, he, and he started, you know, just, he had his pad and he was, he was writing stuff down and he was looking. And I could see the vision God was giving to Cody. That was it. That was my break point. I stopped the tractor. I left it running. Because if I hadn't, the whole city of Statesboro would have just heard me just wailing and weeping. But I asked God for forgiveness of that. And I asked him to, to show me, you know, what, what do you want me to learn from this? And, and that's why this scripture this morning, I, I didn't know that, that this is the go-to. This in Acts 1-8 is the go-to verses, they call it, for evangelism. This is the scripture that God led me to that night. And as I read it, he told me what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to do the work of an evangelist. He wanted me to endure suffering, you know? And he told me, he said, he said Bo, I've, I've given you the heart that I've given you to serve me the way that I want you to serve me. And that's with your heart. Yes, you're gonna grow. You're gonna grow, son. You just, you keep reading the word and you keep studying and you keep praying and you keep relying on me. And I'm going to get you where I want you. But right now, this is where I want you. And this is what I want you to do. And because Jesus Christ loves me, I can love him back. And I'm going to be obedient to him. And Cody, I love you, brother. Actually, me and Cody got together. I went and confessed it to him. We sat down and... Y'all, it's just started, just our, our relationship has just grown and, and it's been awesome. He even told me a few things that was going on in his life. And uh, so, it, it, but it, it was great, it was good. And no matter what the devil wants to do, God can turn it to good, y'all, he can turn it to good. And that's what he, that's what he will do. Um, so, honey, help me out, what, what was my last point? <laughs> Share what God's done in your life. I don't see that on my paper. Uh, have I done uh, being sober-minded? Okay, that's where we're at, I think. Um, yeah. Being sober-minded means, y'all, I'm just a regular guy, y'all. And, 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 and hey, we, we just, we're going to do this thing. Lord wants me to, we're going to do it. Literally, it means, it means not getting drunk in the mind as far as as far as uh, sober thoughts mean just that. You know, if, if, if unsaved and sin's going on in your life and stuff like that, it, you're drinking like, I mean, you're drinking, you're thinking like a drunk man. And, uh, and, and, that's, not, and that's not good. It's, uh, you could be listening to stuff you shouldn't listen to, it'll, it'll, it'll pull you away. So, you know, to, to be able to evangelize as Christ wants us to, that's what, we, uh, that, that's what we have to do. We have to stay in the truth, stay in the truth of it. Um, another, uh, an evangelist must be willing to endure suffering. I think uh, the big reason why, why we don't evangelize like we should, like God commands, is because of the enduring suffering part. Listen, it's, it's, y'all, it's guaranteed if you're a Christian that, that you're going to face trials and tribulations, you're going to face persecution 
to some extent, to some worse than others. But um, you're going to get, I've been laughed at, I've been, uh, I've been cussed at, uh, I've been told to take the Bible and just do some creative things with it. And, uh, uh, you know, and even, and even hate it. Um, but didn't they do that to Jesus? They spit on him. They mocked him. And they hung him on a cross. Whooped him. Whipped the hide off of him. And hung him on a cross. But he, he endured it. He endured it unto death for us. For us. 1 Peter 3.13 through 18. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if I should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a difference to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who rival your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered, once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Listen, we may not always have suffering present in front of us when we evangelize, but we must always be willing to endure it if it, if it, does, if it does happen. And uh, the, the last thing, the uh, fulfilling, fulfill your ministry. Why? Because we serve a holy God, y'all. We serve a holy God that has given us everything. He gave us his life. So we can spend eternity with him. He's called us to make disciples of men. That's what, that's, what our, that's what our calling is, to make disciples of men, to make other followers of Jesus. Now, it's Jesus that does the saving, but we sure can be a vessel. He wants to use us as a vessel to guide him, guide him down that path and through the Holy Spirit, you know, lead him, lead him to him. Um, it's important that we fulfill our ministry because people, people don't want to listen to it. They don't want to hear. They only want to hear what they want to hear. They want the ears to be tickled. It says there's going to come a time where they won't listen anymore. I feel like we've been going through this time for quite some time. It's gradually, gradually getting worse and worse. And one day it's going to be that way. But, but through that, through, through the suffering and, and through all this, we have, we have just got to remember that we are to fulfill our ministry. That means to bring it to completeness, whatever God wants us to do. Another reason I believe we are to fulfill this ministry is because we know, I know in my heart, Jesus doesn't want to see anybody spend an eternal life in hell without him. He doesn't. He just doesn't. That's, that's the truth. If he did, he wouldn't have did what he did. He wouldn't have come, he wouldn't have come to that cross to do it, to die for us. And hell is real. You may not think it is, 
but it is. Jesus spoke of hell more than he did heaven while he was here on earth. And we're supposed to speak about it too. And a lot of people say, well, that preacher, he's just trying to, trying to scare me, trying to terrify me. Y'all, I, I, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you the truth because it's going to be terrifying me. What terrifying you? What terrifies me is knowing that I didn't do my part that God wanted me to to speak to someone and they're terrified for eternity. We all, we all, we all got a part in this. We do. I'm gonna just, just read the story of, of, uh, of uh, Lazarus and the rich man. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his fingers in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that you're in, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while you were here and Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, is a great chasm and it has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot nor can you or anyone cross over from there to us Lazarus answered then Lord I beg you father send Lazarus to my family or the rich man said send Lazarus to my family for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. People hell's gonna be an awful place. It's gonna be undescribable. In God's scripture, and, and, and with this account of, of the rich man and Lazarus, you can find that there's, there's gonna be all utter darkness in hell. You know one of the ways that prisons use to, to to calm or to, not to calm, but to make someone submit to what they want to do. They put you in a dark room where you can't feel the walls. Have you chained up in the middle where you can't feel anything. It'll drive a mad, a man mad in a matter of days. It's gonna be like that in hell. There's a burning fire. It's gonna be agonizing pain from this. There's gonna be weeping. It's gonna be a lot of regret. Regret that I didn't listen when when that, when that gospel was shared to me. Regret that I didn't turn from my sin and rely on Christ. It's gonna be gnashing of teeth. You're gonna be mad about it. 
gonna be mad about it. Why me, why me? Because it's still gonna be about you and not about Christ. There's gonna be a lot of smoke, it says, that causes thirst, just piercing thirst. As you heard Lazarus, just, just dip, just, just let him dip his fingers in water, just touch, just touch my just a little bit. It's gonna be screaming, continuous noise from your own agony. It's gonna be an unbreasonable gap, like it says. Once you go, there ain't no coming back and nobody's coming to you. You'll have loss of human contact. You're still gonna remember them. You hear what the rich man said? He said, send Lazarus to my family. He still had the thoughts of his family. He didn't want them to come there. And there'll be mental anguish, memories of rejecting the gospel, friends, family, and acquaintances. Hell is real. Jesus Christ is the only way. The only way. Y'all, we all have a choice. We can either choose eternal salvation and live with Him, or the choice is eternal separation from Him. I can't imagine now going one hour without my Lord and Savior. Because I know what He brought me from. He brought me from a living hell here on earth through drugs and alcohol. He delivered me. He wiped the clean. He took, he just, no more. By His grace, by His love, by His mercy, that's what He does. He has the power to heal, He has the power to save, and He has the power to judge, and He must judge one day because He cannot tolerate sin. He can't tolerate it. He can't be in the presence of it. He's not gonna do it. But He's not gonna send you to hell. That's your own choice. He provided a way to get out of there. Not even have to go. Not get out, but I mean, y'all you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm still human, I'm still learning. I don't want anyone to leave here today. Anyone to leave here today without knowing that what I just shared with you, I know in my heart is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know it's the truth. Yesterday's gone. Y'all, tomorrow isn't promised. Today, today is the day of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. First John 1, 9. If we can set, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here we are at this point. Has God spoken to your heart today? Has, has he challenged you to examine your heart? Has he 
asked you to submit to what he wants you to do. Are we there? And are we gonna become obedient in our evangelism? And to those of you that you don't know Christ yet, you, you, you haven't, you just, you haven't got to that point. If he's speaking to your heart, we want you to know he loves you and we love you. And we wanna help guide you through the process. It's God who does the saving, but then we wanna nurture you. We wanna watch you grow, we wanna help you grow. So if there's anyone in here this morning that feels God tugging on their heart, hey, this is how we do it. We just raise our hand, you can stand up, raise your hand, you can do whatever, but just let us know. Because we wanna celebrate with you because it's a celebration when you come from death to life. So is there anyone this morning? Anyone? Just raise your hand. I know the butterflies, heart beating a thousand miles an hour. Well, how about the rest of us? Since we're all saved, how are you evangelizing? How, how, how are you gonna evangelize this week? Has God challenged you? Are you ready? Are you gonna take the chance when you're scared? Are you gonna take the chance when you say, well, it's not my responsibility because it is my responsibility, I'm gonna do it. Are you gonna, you know, be kind to someone? Are you, are you gonna invest in someone's life? Are you gonna evangelize with a stranger, with someone you know, whoever, however, whenever, whatever, whatever God wants you to do? That's what he's commanded us to do in these scriptures. I love y'all. I can say that. I can say that from the bottom of my heart. If there's anything, any way that I or any of our staff can ever help you, please do not hesitate. Just come on. I'm gonna pray for us and, and we'll get out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, you are an awesome, awesome, great and wonderful God. Dear Lord, you're indescribable. Dear Lord, I just, I thank you for your presence here this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word, your word which is the truth. Dear Lord, as we go out this week, let us, let us share with someone. Let us ask someone to come back tonight. Let us take the time and sit down and share your love of Christ with someone. Dear Lord, we love you and we thank you for you providing a way for us, wretched sinners, that we can spend eternity with you. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.